0: This episode presented for the last time by Associate Minister Kirk McKenzie. Hi hey everyone. Tonight's Bible reading is from the Book of Ephesians, chapter two, verses eight to ten. So you're free to get your Bibles out. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you, Kira, for doing the Bible reading tonight. So, I wasn't really sure what to talk about. It's a bit of a unique situation because normally we get given a Bible passage or a topic, right? Because we're usually doing a series uh, that the preaching teams put together. But tonight, Tim just said, oh, I'll preach on whatever you want. <laughs> and so uh, that's a bit tricky. How do you bring together 10 years uh, with a wonderful church community and try and sum it up in one talk? And so I was throwing it around for weeks and I just couldn't do it. (laughs) I couldn't work it out. So I just thought, oh, I really want to talk about grace. That's what I want to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about grace. Now, before we do that, uh, I think it would be good to get a definition of grace. And every now and then at Sunday at 6, I've asked you for a definition of grace. So someone from Sunday at 6, I'd like you to give me one, please. And bear in mind, I don't want it's a girl's name. And I don't want it's the prayer that we say before a meal at a Christian person's house. So can anyone give me a definition of the word grace? Over there. Grace is what you need, not what you want. Grace is what you need, not what you want. That's okay. Uh, but but that, that, that that could be a definition of other things as well. Let's 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 keep narrowing it down. Yes. An undeserved gift. Yes, would anyone want to put meat on the bones? Forgiveness could, 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 forgiveness, could include forgiveness. and An undeserved favour. Yeah, sure. Okay, so yeah, sort of heading in the right direction there. Um, undeserved gift, it's freely given, uh, which perhaps you're picking up with a favour. Um, grace can certainly include forgiveness. Uh, it's un, and it's, it's unearned as well, so it's not... Uh, You you can't do anything to earn it. So when we're talking about grace, that's what we're talking about. We're talking an unearned, undeserved uh, gift, and it's a loving gift as well when we think about grace from a Christian point of view. So that's what I want to talk about tonight. Now, I was was speaking about grace and sharing grace with people who don't know Jesus at a camp approximately 10 years ago, right at the start of my time uh, here at St John's. It wasn't actually... One of our camps, I got invited to speak at a youth camp out in Sunbury. And uh, one of the people who was at that camp nine years later, so much more recently, contacted me on Facebook out of the blue. I hadn't seen them since then and said how much they appreciated the teaching on grace at that camp and in particular said, hey, you shared a diagram called the cycle of grace during that teaching Uh, that was really important for their relationship with Jesus since then. Now, interestingly, that diagram, the cycle of grace, had been, at that same time that they contacted me, was getting taught back to me by other people. And it sometimes happens that, like, you know, when you get a good illustration, um, people use it um, over and over again and they adapt it a little bit and they give it different names, but it's basically the same illustration. So they'd taken the same illustration that I'd used and they were teaching it back to me in some training that I was doing. So I thought this is sort of, you know, it's coming back towards the end of my time here at Diamond Creek. And I know some of you as you're coming today and you're thinking, this is Kirk's last talk, what am I really looking forward to? I'm really hoping he's going to show us a diagram. (laughs) And you know what? For those of you in that category, Christmas has come early because I'm not just going to show you one, I'm going to show you two tonight. So look forward to that. Uh, We are going to look at the cycle of grace, but before we do that, I'm going to show you, to compare and contrast, I'm going to show you uh, the cycle of self-effort because that, the cycle of self-effort is the way most people live in wealthy cities, first-world cities like Melbourne. And then we're going to look at the cycle of grace, which is the way God has given us to live, the best way to live. So let's just get into it. Let's look at the cycle of self-effort. Uh, we've got it up here. The cycle of self-effort starts with achievement, So this is the idea that we try and achieve things in life and we're kind of encouraged to live this way in our culture here in Melbourne. The idea is you might achieve in all sorts of areas in life. Maybe you set out to achieve high marks in your study at school or in some other academic area. Or maybe you try and achieve really well uh, in work, in your career or just just in making heaps of money. Or maybe you try and achieve in sport, or maybe you try and achieve really well in romantic relationships. Or maybe it's in an area of more leisurely, so social sort of area. Maybe you were trying to achieve really well you know, in video game achievements, or in being uh, the, like the life of the party, or being able to just drink way more than everybody else. Uh, whatever the case, you set out to try and achieve things in life because that builds your identity. That gives you a sense of purpose. It defines who you are so that you're able to go, hey, see these things that I do, see these things I've achieved in my life, that's who I am. You might even pick this up when people ask you early in a get-to-know-you conversation, what do you do? Because that's going to give them a sense of like, who you are. This is the idea, right? So we look at these things and we say, these things that I've achieved, they define who I am as a person. Uh, And they give us some sense of value you know, and purpose in life. And so because we appreciate having value as a person and we appreciate purpose, that can lead to a sense of drivenness, step three, in the cycle of self-effort. This idea that, well, we need to achieve these goals that we set and we want to achieve as much as we can uh, because that's going to make ourselves more acceptable to others. Now, as as I mentioned earlier... Uh, In the last 10 years, I've failed at a bunch of the goals that I set out to do. Like, you know, we're all weak, we're all sinful, we don't always get there. So what do you do then? If you're in step three, you're trying to achieve things and you fail, well, if you're in the cycle of self-effort, you just try harder. You keep going. You're driven to just keep going until you actually achieve. And if you do achieve the things you set out to achieve, then you may get to step four, which is you reach some level of acceptance. Now, maybe that's just an internal one. You feel acceptance within yourself. Or maybe you receive acceptance from other people. Maybe your family accepts you or your colleagues accept you or you just get some sort of acceptance from a mentor or peers or something like that. The thing about this sort of acceptance is it's always temporary. It doesn't last forever because you need to keep on achieving in order for it to be sustained. And so that's why the cycle continues. You go around again and you set out to achieve some more. And this is just basically the way life often works in a wealthy first world country like ours. In fact, we're often encouraged to live this way. But it can be quite exhausting and it can be pretty discouraging when we find we can't achieve at the levels that we would hope. And I would actually argue that it's a big contributor to the depression and the anxiety and the burnout that we see in large amounts in our society today. I'm not saying it's the only reason that we experience those things, but I do think it's a big contributor. So this is... Maybe you haven't haven't heard of the cycle of self-effort before, but it's very prevalent in our society. Now... What God presents to us in his word through Jesus is the cycle of grace. It's a much better way to live and it does things very differently. So let's have a look at it. Now this puts Jesus at the centre. So the cycle of grace can't even exist. It doesn't work without Jesus. And it doesn't end with acceptance. It begins with acceptance. That is step one. This idea is that before we do anything, actually before you even set a goal, before you even think of achieving anything, we are already accepted and loved by God. If we think about our passage today, and we look at verses 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved. Okay, so it is by God's undeserved, unearned gift that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. So we haven't earned it. It's not by works so that no one can boast. So this acceptance is not something we can go, how great are we? You know, how great am I that I'm loved and accepted by God? It's all God's doing. It's all his achievement. And this is done... Uh, we, We see this primarily through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. That the full blessings of God are available to us because of what Jesus has achieved. That's where God's grace is ultimately expressed. And so when we understand this, our identity is not formed in achievement. We don't point at the things that we've done and go, hey, that's who I am. We point at what Jesus has done and that is where we find Our ultimate identity. Our identity is in Christ. Here's what I encourage you to do when you're reading the Bible. If you look at the New Testament authors, and particularly when they're writing the letters, take note of how they introduce themselves. And you'll notice that when they introduce themselves, usually at the start of the letter, that was the tradition of the time, they'll name themselves and they'll always name Jesus at the same time. They'll always show us how they are connected with Jesus, that they're in relationship with Jesus whenever they're introducing themselves. So at the start of the book of Ephesians, which we're looking at tonight, the author is Paul. And he starts the letter by, like this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Straight away, he connects himself with Jesus. He reminds us that he is in relationship with Jesus. And the New Testament writers always do this. They're very keen to identify themselves as being in relationship with Christ. It's like they don't think of themselves as a person separate from their relationship with Jesus. That's who they are. So, step two is that we get our identity uh, through Christ or in Christ. Step three then is renewal. Uh, and this is the idea that grace is not a one off thing, but it's ongoing. Sometimes we can get this wrong and we can go, hey, you become a Christian and that is when we receive God's grace. That's when our sins are forgiven and that's awesome. And then after that, we need to go and live a good, moral, religious life and we kind of leave grace behind. This can sometimes happen. But that's not the way it's, grace is meant to work. Grace is meant to be an ongoing experience constantly renewing and strengthening us as we follow Jesus for the rest of our life. It's really important not to leave grace behind. And I'm happy to report that my experience of God's grace has been as powerful and profound in the last two years as it has been in my life so far. And I've been following Jesus for a long time. So it's good to keep being renewed by the grace of Jesus. Uh, And then the final step, um, we actually do come to achievement, but it's in service. Uh, Our achievement doesn't define who we are, but it flows out of who we are. So verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. We're made by him. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So grace doesn't mean we just do nothing, like You know, oh, oh, God loves us, let's just bludge and sort of relax and not contribute to the world. No, we're made to do good. We're made to contribute to the world in good ways, but it doesn't define who we are. Our successes doesn't, you know, like our identity doesn't rise on whether we're good at what we do or whatever. It just flows out of what God has already done for us. Cycle of grace is a much better way to live. It's a great gift. From God. Now it's tempting to go, oh, okay, yep. Uh, well, the cycle of grace must be the the way that church people live, and the cycle of self-effort must be the way that people live outside the church. But let's let's slow down on that thought because that would be a that would be an oversimplification of things. It's very easy to spiritualize the cycle of self-effort and actually to bring our faith into the unhelpful cycle of self-effort. I'll give an example. Uh, I've run a lot of meetings over the years, the last 10 years here at St John's. And one thing I've done regularly is to ask people in the meeting at the start, Uh, how's your relationship with Jesus going? And here's what often happens. And by the way, if you think I'm about to speak, speak specifically about you, I'm not because this has happened a lot, right? People list off their spiritual disciplines. In particular, in answer to the question, how's your relationship with Jesus going? They tell us how often they're reading the Bible and how often they're praying. Now, to be clear, reading the Bible, really good. I highly recommend it. Praying, super good. Essential practice for Christians, I really recommend doing it. Both those things can help us to grow in our relationship with Jesus. However, there are people in the world who know more about the Bible than our entire staff team combined who don't have a relationship with God, who don't know Jesus at all. There are people who pray all the time who openly admit they don't know God. So just doing the stuff, just achieving Bible reading and achieving prayer doesn't necessarily mean your relationship with Jesus is good at all. So we can easily do religious things in the cycle of self-effort. Let me give you, a, let's take you through it with prayer. So you, you're, you've been following Jesus for a bit. You know prayer is important, right? This is hypothetical, right? And so you go, oh, okay, I know prayer is important. I've heard it in talks. I've read the Bible. It seems to be important. I'm going to set some goals around prayer. I think "Mm, I need to pray this amount per day or per week in order to be a good Christian, whatever that means. Okay? And then you go, not only that, I think prayer needs to have a certain vibe for it to be good, you know, I don't want to be too boring. I don't want to be too dry. I need some oomph, you know. So you kind of have an oomph goal for your prayer as well. So there's an amount of prayer that you want, and there's an oomph that you want for your prayer as well. And you think, I'm going to be a good Christian if I can, uh, you know, reach that level. So let's chuck the self-effort up again, John. So, we're, yeah, and you go, and that'll be my identity. I'll be a good Christian if I can get there. And so you're driven to try and achieve this level of prayer. And if you feel like you're getting there and your drivenness has got you to the point where you're praying at that level that you've set for yourself, then you feel that God loves you and accepts you and you can feel good about that and you feel that when you come along to a church meeting like tonight or in a life group situation that you feel that you fit in and that the church will accept you because you're reaching those prayer goals and you're achieving at that level. But if you don't get there, if you're unable to reach those prayer levels, then you might start to doubt yourself, and you might start to go, "I'm not. Sh- does God actually love me? I'm not sure. Maybe He doesn't accept me. Do I belong in this church meeting? Do, does this do these people accept me? Maybe I should take a step back until I sort this out. Well, how about this? This is common, right? You look around church. You know, you've been part of church for a bit. And you start looking for people who are a good example. This is a natural thing to do in any group, right? You go, oh, who's got it together? Who seems to be a faithful Christian? Who seems to be solid? And you find one or two people, you go, yeah, if I could be like them, then I'll be all right, I'll be okay. And so you look at them and you go, oh, they seem to have it together. They seem to be faithful. They seem to have a good relationship with Jesus. They seem to be on top of things. They don't seem to, like, have any toxic relationships in their life, and they don't seem to be addicted to anything. They kind of don't seem to have any big sin problems in their life. So if I can just have their lifestyle, then I'll be doing all right. So again, we go around the cycle. And we said, I'll be a good Christian if I can kind of be like these people that I'm setting up as my example. And we're driven to become like them and get on top of our lives and sort of, you know, just become solid like that person that I want to be like. And we're driven to be like that. And again, if we get there, we feel accepted. God loves me. He must, because I'm like the person who seems to really love God. But of course, if we don't get there, we start questioning whether God's love for me is real. We start to question whether we belong in the church. And we start to say things like, well, maybe I should take a step back until I sort this out myself. And then I can rejoin God's people. But that is not the way it works. That is not the way of Jesus. With Jesus, it starts and ends with grace. It's very important to know that he loves us where we are at. If you're here, you're not a Christian tonight, you're checking things out, God loves you where you're at right now. Does he want to take you on a journey? Yes. If you're stuck and you've got a big problem in your life right now, does he want to help you with that? Of course. If you're stuck in sin, if you've got all sorts of horrible things going on in your life, does he want to help you move forward through that? Of course. But does he love you right now, wherever you're at? Yes. Because of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus, yes. This is what the cycle of grace is all about. This is what grace means. Unearned, undeserved love. This is at the heart of what we believe. Don't let the cycle of self-effort corrupt what is the heart of what we believe as Christians. We don't have to have it all worked out. We don't have to be on top of all our spiritual disciplines. We don't have to have all our theological thinking worked out. Jesus has worked it out for us. That's why it's good news. Now, if you're a leader here at St John's, I would love you to think on this, meditate on it, take it away and think about it. you chuck the cycle of grace back up, John? I know I didn't put it in this order, but have a think about this. The, the ministries that you lead, you know the life groups and the other groups that you lead, How can you as a leader bring this more and more into the groups that you lead so that people experience God's grace as more and more of a reality? And you're going to need God's help to do that. So the first first step in that is asking for his help. What we don't want is people coming along to your group and feeling like they need to perform and pretend to be someone who they're not in order to be accepted. In order to feel like they can experience God's grace only if they're pretending to be someone they're not. So how can you create a group where people understand God's grace at that level? But for all of us, not just for leaders, how can we bring God's grace into all our relationships? Family relationships, friendships, bring it into your workplace or into your school. It's not easy, but it's God's gift for us that we can share. Grace is at the heart of everything we believe. It'll be at the heart of Plenty Life Church, and it's at the heart of what we believe here at St. John's. I've experienced lots of grace at my time at St. John's through God's Spirit and through all of you. You don't need me to be leading here at Sunday at six in order to keep experiencing God's grace. God's got you covered. And so to finish, I want to pray that God's grace will continue to be the heart of everything that we experience here at St John's going forward. I want to invite you all to stand. Uh, Also invite the band to come up on the stage. As we pray. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have achieved. In your life, you showed us grace through the way you treated people and through your teaching. In your death... You brought us forgiveness. You took away the consequences of our weakness and our failings, took them onto yourself. In your resurrection, you bring us the full blessings of the kingdom of heaven. May this church in John's Diamond Creek always be a place of grace. Please grow this church in your grace more and more. And I pray come Holy Spirit right now so that we here in this room right now could not just understand your grace intellectually but be experiencing it now through the power of your Spirit. That you would give us a taste of your love, your forgiveness. I pray this especially for anyone here today who feels like they are stuck in the cycle of self-effort. They're stuck in the grind of trying to achieve things to get acceptance in the eyes of others or to reach a goal that they're just going to have to go around again. Please set them free from this cycle and bring them into your grace. Again we pray, come Holy Spirit, use this time of worship to set us free from the things that bind us and restrict us from knowing just how good you are. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St John's Diamond Creek.